0: as God be with us through the waters. Amen. Please be seated. Humanity needs and fears water. We are deeply entangled in this relationship, and this weekend we're particularly entangled in the relationship in a spectacularly frozen way. As a Coloradan, I know I can be a bit of a snob when it comes to a few things. Beer is one of them, snow is another. You see, in Colorado, snow has a purpose, a reason for existing, a telos, as Aristotle would say. Snow reaches its raison d'etre in my home state. Here in St. Louis, not so much. It's just a mess. But it does mean we have plenty of room for you to spread out in the pews of church this morning. Ask any kid in chemistry class, snow is just water. In the lands of the Bible, you don't get much snow. Water still shapes human life. Today, Jesus wades into the muddy Jordan. John, who left in his mother's womb when Mary, the mother of Jesus, visited, that same John baptizes his cousin. In just a handful of Sundays, through just a couple of chapters, we've spanned 30 years. John and Jesus are both now adults. They meet at the Jordan. The river is significant. I don't mean to spoil the old spiritual for you, but most of the time, the river Jordan is neither deep nor wide. Today, especially, thirsty irrigation in both Israel, Palestine, and in the country of Jordan drains the eponymous river to what we'd count as just a small stream in Missouri. Back in the time of Jesus, before the irrigation, the river was still no Mississippi. The Jordan runs through a deep desert valley. and There are almost no ruins just along Jordan's banks. You have to go pretty far from the water's edge to find ancient buildings. Why would people in the desert choose to build so far from their water source? Why would they choose to walk so long with water jars? You see, the Jordan was prone to unpredictable floods. The desert is often known for water's scarcity, but too much water can also be a problem. Desert geography is shaped by water. Think of those beautifully carved slot canyons in Utah. They're all shaped by water. When sudden rainstorms hit dry, crusty ground, water runs and runs and runs. The streams that empty into the Jordan drain a vast desert. Rain miles away could suddenly fill the wadis of a tributary. Minutes, hours, maybe even days later, the Jordan would suddenly jump its banks. A rush of water would push through the valley toward the Dead Sea, a wave carrying debris, the carcasses of dead animals and downed trees, all rushing down in an instant. The Jordan was not a safe river. On a hot summer day, it could seem shallow, but the villagers knew to keep their houses far from the water's edge. Jesus and John weighed in. Don't miss it. There's real danger here. For too long, the church has missed the danger built into our stories about baptism. And for most of the life of the American church, baptism happened at home. The priest would come and visit the new family, the family with a new child, with a beautiful silver bowl. Babies were baptized in the living room, with family and friends gathered round. It was all very safe. One could argue that the Christian faith was similarly domesticated. Christianity has been an expectation. Many folks in this congregation can remember when people didn't ask if you went to church— They asked, where? Christian faith was assumed in this country. Baptism was something that just happened. While some might wish for those days, days when Sunday school classrooms were packed, pews up and down Delmar and Kings Highway were full, I would ask, were we better off? Did we know what our baptism really meant? What our faith meant? When baptism was a safe practice, were we really preparing people of faith? For John and for Jesus, baptism was risky. Just standing in the floodplain of the Jordan would have been risky, dangerous. You never know when the wave is coming. Water is unpredictable. The setting helped tell the story these two knew about the faith they were shaping. John says as much in terrifying prose, he will gather the wheat and burn the chaff. Religion is meant to be risky. Religion will put you at odds with the world as it is. The religion of John and of Jesus, that faith, it can get you in trouble. Getting baptized should be a little scary. We say following St. Paul that we are baptized into the death of Christ. We rise to new life with Christ. Baptism marks us as dead and risen. This washing prepares us to face the real and present dangers of life. A few years ago, I had the privilege of baptizing one of our adult members at the Easter Vigil. Together, we decided that our beautiful and historic font, it wouldn't be enough to get the job done. Baptizing an adult in that glorified birdbath always looks a little awkward as they lean over. It just looks strange. Our historic font was built with babies in mind. So we look to the example of more ancient places of baptism. In the early church, baptismal fonts were huge, large enough to stand in. While some people were probably dunked in the water like our Baptist brethren like to do, most stood in the tub while water was poured over them. The ancient icons show pictures. At the Easter vigil, this is the practice we chose, the adult and, and I. So taking the bowl full of consecrated water in my hands, I lifted it up over her head, pouring gallons of water her, over her as I said, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Using this much water took some planning. I had to promise Jean Parker I wouldn't ruin the carpet. We bought a kiddie pool and prepared stacks of towels. Mary Chapman even provided puppy pads to go down underneath to absorb the water. Our baptism had a change of dry clothes at the ready. The whole mess was awkward and scary, and also beautiful and real. While I still love baptizing babies, I'm ready to baptize more adults. And the need will grow. Fewer and fewer parents have chosen to have their children baptized. There is something deeply true, deeply scary, deeply intimate about baptism. And as we move away from Christendom, from the assumption that all are Christians, baptism becomes a more (coughs) radical choice. I think that's okay. There was a real danger in ancient times around water. Water was a source of terror. Too much water, high water, it spelled disaster. And the fear of the city cisterns running dry also regularly kept the people of the Bible awake at night. Too little water is always a danger in the desert. Today, as well, water is becoming a problem. We may have poured concrete to dam up our rivers to divert the flow to irrigate crops, but water is becoming less and less predictable. Climate change means that we are more like our ancestors, more subjects to the winds and the rains. Last year in Missouri, for the first ten months of the year, our state was in a drought. Our farmers and our ranchers worried at the lack of water. The growing season yielded less. Then, all at once, in November and December, our water caught up. Snow and rain came in overabundance when the harvest had already been gathered in. Scientists forecast that as the planet warms, more of our land will be like the desert. The water will be less predictable. Too little and too much will become more regular problems. If the scientists are right, we have already initiated changes to our climate which are irreversible. The question ahead is not if we will be able to turn back the clock, to go back to some earlier, greener way of life. It's not going to work. Going back is a fantasy. The question is whether we will have enough hope, enough faith, to live differently than our ancestors to live with the knowledge that we are dependent on water and terrified by water. The question is whether we will invest in new ways of using resources, growing food, and whether we will find ways to ensure that all have access to water as a human right and that communities are safe from water's destructive power. Besides terrifying, besides necessary, Water is also sacred. That's true in every religion I've studied. Water prepares us, cleanses us, challenges us. Water is sacred. When Jesus makes his way up from the Jordan, he's coming up from the water that his people crossed as they made their way to the promised land. The voice of God comes down. You are my son, the beloved with you I am well pleased. God will meet us on the other side of life's rivers. But listen as well to the prophet Isaiah. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the, through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. God will greet us on the other side, but God also meets us in the midst of the waters. Our God is the God of the Exodus, which began by crossing through the Red Sea. God is there with us even when we find ourselves up to our necks. God is there. Our God is a God who knows the chaos of waters. Our faith is not simply for pretty parlors and stained glass rooms. We believe in a God who walks with us through the most turbulent of life's times. Whether we're facing a weekend snowstorm, a generational challenge like climate change, or just the day-to-day stuff of life, will we have courage? Will we wade in? We are a baptized people. We have sacramentally faced life and death. We've been prepared for the worst because in the depths of life God meets us. God calls us beloved, reminds us we are beloved sons, daughters, children. With you, God is well pleased. May God be with you through all the waters. Amen.